Tonight on Truth Today, we're going to be discussing transhumanism, AI, and the globalist plan to be able to change and alter God's design for man. My special guest is Alex Newman. You don't want to miss tonight's show right now on Truth Today. All right. Well, thank you for joining us here tonight on Truth Today. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian with Truth and Love Ministry. Our deep apologies for tonight as we had major technical issues. Um, apparently, the enemy doesn't want us to do this show. I wonder why. But uh, anyway, so we were just trying to uh, work out the kinks. Uh, we had actually tested everything earlier, and it was working just beautifully until our guest came on just before we went live at 8 o'clock. So again, our deep apologies for tonight. Um, we're going to jump fairly right in. I want to um, mention to you before we get in, we always start um, with our scripture. We'll get into that in a minute. Just very quickly, visit our website, tilministry.com, tilministry.com. Check out our newsletter. Uh, all our events uh, are there in our events calendar. Also, please remember, check out our Rumble page, rumble.com slash sharamhadian, rumble.com slash sharamhadian. Uh, we have a lot of our, actually all of our content is there. Three things we ask you, please subscribe, like, and share. Subscribe, like, and share to help us get the message out. I want to um, mention to you uh, that as we, as you know, uh, in our ministry, we cover a lot of Bible prophecy, a lot of things about the, the last days that we are in, and also the fact that we know that as uh, the Bible is predicted that there's a beast system that is rising, those who are working on behalf of this globalist beast system, they are truly uh, God-haters, and the, um, there's multiple passages in the scriptures uh, that, that reference this, but I, I go back to Romans chapter 1 that, uh, that, that talks about what happens when we reject God's design, God's creation. Uh, as you know, in the book of Romans, uh, the Apostle Paul in verse 18 talks about the wrath of God being revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And it goes on to talk about that when we begin to worship the created things versus the Creator, we become foolish. And ultimately, it leads to a state of depravity, a state of lawlessness, and men become God haters. This is in verse 30 of Romans chapter 1, where they are then turned. They are then turned, and it says, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. 
And so in the last days, we know that this is going to increase. And Paul, of course, is talking about the believers who ultimately, as they reject the things of God, they turn, their minds become futile, their hearts become darkened. They are fools and they, became, they become depraved and ultimately become God-haters. And why do I bring this up? Because as we discuss tonight with our guest, the signs of the times and what's happening, we must understand that uh, the ultimate agenda of the enemy is to alter, is to change, is to come against that which God has designed and called good. God designed man. God designed a male. God designed a female. God said it was good. God designed creation, said it was good. His world, his order, his dominion. And yet we know from the, from the fall of man that Satan has brought corruption. Sin brought corruption. Satan has brought corruption. And ultimately now, with the likes of transhumanism and artificial intelligence and all of these other things, they want to alter God's design. So we're going to go right, because we're so late, we're going to go right to our guest tonight, my, uh, my good friend uh, and truly a freedom fighter, an ally in the battle for freedom and truth. Um, Alex Newman is a journalist, uh, an incredible uh, believer in the Lord, and, and again, one who is a truth teller. His website is libertysentinel.org. We'll bring that up on the screen. But Alex, I want to welcome you to the program. Thank you so much for being on with us tonight. All right, uh, Dry, I don't hear the audio in my ear. Did you get the audio back in my ear? Oh, I'm sorry, I was muting. Oh, you were muted. No, there we go. Here. Okay, thank you, brother. You got it, man. Thank you so much. All right, we got Alex on. Alex, thank you for being on. Thanks for being patient with us through our uh, technical difficulties there that we were having. We were doing test after test after test. But uh, listen, I want to jump in. Uh, just briefly tell us about your backstory, um, how the Lord got you on this journey, just, you know, two or three minutes. And then I want to jump into a couple of articles that I read that you have written for the Harbinger Daily. Uh, but first, just tell us quickly about the backstory, how Liberty Sentinel got started. Yeah, well, thank you, brother. It, it actually, uh, Liberty Sentinel got started as the Lord was drawing me to himself. Uh, I was in college. I was like everybody else, uh, you know, born uh, naturally hating God, hating others, uh, uh, with a heart that is desperately wicked. And, uh, and then God got a hold of me in college and just revealed to me in an instant that the Bible was true. And I wasn't quite sure the full implications of that, but I, I called my godmother who had been praying for me all these years while I was doing incredibly dumb things. And she said, Oh, the Holy Spirit just showed you the truth. That's good. Now calm down, take it step by step. And, uh, so that's when, that's when I got started. And, uh, when that happened, we actually were, were running a college newspaper called The Liberty Sentinel. And uh, it, it, was, it was a fun project. Uh, you know, we, we grew very rapidly to a, a, a large print circulation. Uh, shut down the paper eventually, but I kept the company. And, uh, you know, I've just tried to use it for the glory of God ever since. Uh, the goal, uh, my goal, you know, my, my motto with uh, all that I do in my journalistic work, it's just Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. Uh, the, the Apostle Paul tells the church at Ephesus and, and all believers really have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, or some translations use the word expose them. And so I just feel beyond blessed, beyond honored that God has called me to expose these evildoers and their unfruitful works six days a week, uh, you know, 51 or 52 weeks out of the year. And as long as he gives me breath, I will continue to do that. 
Amen to that. Amen to that. What a great story, and praise God that the, the Lord got a hold of your life. And it's interesting you brought that passage up because just on my show on Tuesday, I was actually covering that passage from the book of Ephesians, the same thing, and talking about that a lot of people complain sometimes about our ministry that, you know, why do you guys only focus on, uh, you know, the, the negative things? You know, just talk about nice, you know, hunky-dory, positive things. And I was sharing on that same passage that it is our duty to not have any uh, fellowship with unrighteous works or unrighteous things, and yet to, as you said, reprove or expose them. So that's fantastic. I mean, we are absolutely symbiotic in that, and I've, I've so appreciated your ministry, appreciated your reporting, uh, and, and uh, we've obviously uh, spoken together at, at some, some events. Um, last time I think it was in Wisconsin that we kind of passed, <laughs> in, in, you know, as I was coming off stage and you were going on stage. But uh, so appreciate you. I, I want to get into um, your passion, especially recently, like many of us, have, has been to um, expose the globalist agenda, expose um, really uh, the deep state and, and what we see happening both globally and in the United States, and then tie it back to Bible prophecy. Uh, share just a couple of minutes on, um, you know, what really brought you to that path of, of really focusing on those things, and then uh, let's get into your first article. Uh, well, thank you, brother. And it, it's it's very interesting. I went to school uh, at uh, very elite private schools around the world, uh, Latin America, then Europe, and then I moved to Africa, back to Europe. So uh, I was kind of being groomed uh, with it, really children of the managerial elite of the new world order, right? The, the children of billionaires and CEOs of major companies and, and senior politicians, presidents, prime ministers, ambassadors, things like this. Um, and so we got a huge, huge dose of globalist propaganda growing up, uh, far worse than e even the garbage that they, they pedal to the young kids in the government brainwash camps here in America that they like to call public schools. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I was raised in that environment. I was raised to believe that the U.N. was the hope for mankind. And if we could just get rid of national sovereignty, then we'd have world peace and kumbaya and, and hunky dory. It'd be wonderful. So that's the, the kind of background that I come out of. And when I got to college, I, I started learning about different things. I learned, uh, for example, about the money system, you know, the Federal Reserve, one of the biggest scams ever concocted in the history of mankind. I couldn't even believe that that was going on. But the more I researched, I even called the Federal Reserve. I was like, are, are you a private company? <laughs> like, what? And, and the guy at the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta, he's like, yeah, yeah, we're owned by our shareholders. Like, what? So I'm, I'm learning all this. I'm, I'm watching, you know, Alex Jones's videos about the New World Order. I think, wow, this is amazing. You know, all these things that I was raised to think were really great, the UN and globalism and getting rid of borders and armies, um, that's actually uh, this evil, evil agenda. Uh, and, and that's right around the time that the Lord got a hold of me and showed me that, you know, I didn't actually have to be on YouTube watching videos. I didn't have to be reading books. I could just turn to my Bible and see where this was going, where it had come from, what was the purpose of it all, how we uh, are meant to deal with it. So uh, that's when I got into my Bible. And, and what I found was just incredible. What I found was that everything I was learning about the way the world really worked was already all described and revealed to me in the Bible. And so there was this incredible synergy between the Word of God and current events, and I just I couldn't shake it. It was fascinating. And you know, you fast forward to today, 
it's even more obvious. It's even more in your face. They want you to have a, a digital ID and a vaccine passport, and you shouldn't be able to buy or sell unless you get a central bank digital currency. Now we're promoting microchips in your hand. and I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff that just sounds like bad science fiction. But as I saw how all those work together, I thought, man, th this is important. People need to know this. Uh, and, uh, you know, I believe in divine providence. I believe God prepared me for what he's got me doing today. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that I learned the things that I learned, that I came from the background that I came from, because, uh, you know, God uh, had plans for me and he's got plans for you, for whoever's out there listening. Uh, you know, he, he orders our steps, whether we like it or not. So. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, again, I, I'm just so struck by your transformation. I'm so struck by um, the things that sadly many Christians today actually are still in that camp, right? They're still in that camp of globalism is good, open borders is good, uh, you know, all this tech and, and technology is good. Oh, I, I like the idea of, of being cashless. I, I like the idea of using my phone for whatever, you know, just swipe it or maybe my palm, you know, uh, which we're gonna cover in your article. Uh, so what a transformation that the Lord showed you uh, that no, this is not of me. And one of the things that I always, as you know, mentioned in my presentations is that God is not a God of globalism. <laughs> he, mm -hmm. he is not for these things. This is the beast system. Speaking of the beast system and this globalist agenda, uh, you have been writing some articles also. Uh, obviously, your website, Dry, do we have his, uh, his website we can bring up so we can make sure we put there again? It's the libertysentinel.com. We'll, we'll, we'll get that up in a minute. But you have an article that I'm going to, I'm going to read the uh, title of it. Uh, we'll bring it up here, but you won't be able to see it, Alex, but we'll bring it up. And then after it's up for a minute, we'll come back and I want you to comment on what led you to write this article on the transhumanism. Um, but this is for the Harbinger Daily. And um, go ahead, let's bring this up dry. It's called uh, transhumanism, globalist promise to improve on God's design of man. And this is written by Alex Newman again in the Harbinger Daily. You guys can check it up there. But um, go ahead and come back to us. So uh, great article. Uh, Dry, can you come back to us, please? Great article uh, here, Alex. And you go through in this article and highlight various elements. Can you highlight just a maybe three or four of, of the different things you talk about with this, you call in the article here, let me just go to this part of it here, you call it uh, the, the, the fourth, uh, or they call it, I guess, the fourth industrial revolution, um, shaping the future of the fourth industrial revolution. This is, this is Klaus Schwab's book, right? So let us know, just talk about this and give us the warning of what we should be paying attention to in regards to all this transhumanism. Yeah, thank you, brother. This is such a big subject, and it's actually something I've been following for many, many years. Uh, uh, now they're kind of coming out of the closet, so I'm not really, like, revealing much. I mean, all this stuff is, is totally accessible. One of the things that I do in my talks is I show the videos of these people talking about these things. But there's a couple of key things to know here. Yeah, Klaus Schwab calls it the fourth industrial revolution. That's a terminology he first started using almost a decade ago. Uh, and he wants you to think of it as just like another industrial revolution, right? We've got uh, uh, steam power. We've got, uh, you know, uh, all these different machines. But this is fundamentally different. And Klaus Schwab acknowledges in a sense that it is fundamentally different. He, I've got a video of him where he says, you know, the thing that's different about the fourth industrial revolution from previous industrial revolutions is it doesn't change what you're doing. It changes you. 
And uh, the example he gives in that particular interview is if you take a genetic uh, upgrading, then, uh, you know, that changes you. And it really does. Right. Uh, God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, is also the creator of your genetic code. God wrote your DNA and he used that to knit you together in your mother's womb. This is uh, basically the the code that is then turned into a physical body. Um, and so God wrote my genetic code. He wrote your genetic code. If you're listening to this, watching this, he wrote your genetic code as well. And uh, these transhumanists, uh, they, in, in many cases, they claim not to believe in God. Of course, uh, we know that people who claim not to believe in God, they're deliberately suppressing the truth in their unrighteousness. Uh, Romans 1 outlines this very clearly. Uh, so, so they claim not to believe in God, but they say, you know, we've got better ideas. We can write new genetic code in a laboratory, or we can take genetic code from another organism, be it you know some other animal, whatever. We can fuse it into your genetic code, and we can make you better. Uh, we saw this recently with uh, certain mRNA technologies where they're creating uh, genetic code, they're injecting it into you, and then this is hijacking the, the protein-making machinery in your cells, and instead of manufacturing the things that God's code told it to manufacture. It's manufacturing, I don't know, toxic spike proteins or, or you know, pick whatever it is that they want to do. So this is a fundamentally huge issue here. Uh, and it's not just humans, by the way, that are being genetically engineered in this way. Uh, Bill Gates of hell, uh, as I like to call him, he, he put out a paper in uh, the Council on Foreign Relations Journal. Uh, it's called Foreign Affairs uh, back, I think, in 2015. It said, gene editing for good. He said, you know, we're already genetically engineering our crops. We're already genetically engineering some of our livestock. We should start genetically engineering some of our children as well. You know, it's going to be for their benefit. So they want to play God in a very real sense. Uh, they also want to upgrade. They believe that our minds are primitive, that we evolved from slime, and that our minds are just not up to the task of moving us into this glorious new age, this enlightenment, this fifth dimension, whatever these globalists want to call it. Uh, and so they are openly talking about fusing the human brain with computer technology. And I recognize that sounds like bad science fiction, but this technology already exists. In fact, Elon Musk's company, Neuralink, is already in human trials. They've already proved the concept. They uh, cut out a piece of your skull. They wire a microchip in there. And I've got a video of him talking about this. It doesn't just read the, the brain waves that your brain produces. It also has the ability to write on the brain. And, uh, you know, and let's go to Yuval Noah Harari. You know, he, he's been a, a top advisor to Klaus Schwab. Um, he's been his work has been endorsed by Barack Obama, Angela Merkel, a little fascist that runs Facebook, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. And he has said repeatedly, in fact, the premise of his latest book, Homo Deus, is that we are evolving into gods, that mm -hmm. once we upgrade ourselves with these genetic engineering technologies, with these implantable technologies, we're going to fuse ourselves with computers. We are going to become gods, although he takes it a step further. He says we're actually going to be better than the God of the Bible because the God of the Bible can only create organic life, whereas we're going to be able to create synthetic, non-organic life and synthetic biology, things like this. So the, the hubris, the arrogance, the, the reprobate mind is off the charts here. But it's actually not a new idea, Sharm. If, if you go back, it's literally the oldest lie in the book. Uh, right? Satan is pretty uncreative. Uh, that's what he told our, our first parents in the garden. Hey, ye shall be as gods. I got to do is, uh, you know, follow me, ignore God. You know, are you, did God really say you're going to die? You shall not surely die. Literally the exact same lies. You'll have eternal life if you get these upgrades. You'll become like a God. Uh, it's a lie from the pit of hell. And um, frankly, I, I think there are eternal implications to this. So I recommend that people pay attention. And don't believe me. Go look it up for yourself. Wow. Wow. Again, folks, the article in the Harbinger Daily recommend if you go to Harbinger uh, harbingers, plural, daily.com, 
and just search up Alex Newman. He's got several articles in there, along with, of course, going to his website, which is on the screen, folks. You see it there, libertysentinel.org, libertysentinel.org. Please check it out. Uh, please support him. Uh, pray for him as he is traveling around the nation and going around the world to try to get this truth out, to wake Christians up. Man, you talk about hijacking your mind. Like you said, this is this sounds like such bad science fiction, and yet, going back to your testimony, you said, look, I didn't have to you know, open any other book but the Bible, and that this book shows that this is actually what God has prophesied, that there is going to be this type of control upon humanity. Ultimately, we know Revelation 13, 16 through 18, which is that so that they control you so that you cannot buy or sell. And I think that uh, AI, for example, is now uh, being used by the military. It is, uh, there was just another article that I read on Harbinger's was talking about using it for uh, implanting embryos, that the AI was going to be able to pick which embryo was better or not. Uh, the hijacking of your mind where you, you're going to put a computer chip interfaced with outside sources, nothing can go wrong in that, right? <laughs> nothing, nothing can go wrong with connecting biology with technology, as Yuval Harari says. Um, but how close are we? Because I, I think, I, I, I still think that, particularly within the Christian community, I think there is a, a disconnect. I think there's a normalcy bias that I see where either, as we said, they think it's good, these things are great. Oh, it's gonna help people because you put that chip in your head and that person that can't see, now there's gonna be an outside camera and you'll be able to get the signal or that person can't hear. And it's, isn't that a good thing? It, you know, but yet we know from the globalists themselves, from their own mouths, that they're saying what they're gonna use it for. But I think there's a disconnect of how close this is. How close do you think we are in, in the implementation of these things that ultimately must connect to uh, the digital ID, digital currency, and um, g giving up our sovereignty like it looks like we're gonna do by next year to the World Health Organization. How close do you think we are to these things, Alex? Yeah, that's a good question, brother. And, and I can't say I know. One thing I do know is that the technology is so far beyond what you, dear listener or viewer, think. You have no idea. I mean, the technology that they have available to them now would blow your mind. They can cut a piece of your genetic material and insert new genes. They can uh, already wire your brain up to be in wireless communication with computer systems, etc. So the technology to make this a reality exists now. This is not some hypothetical future development. Now, how long until they can actually implement this? That's a, a really good question. There's a lot of public resistance, and that public resistance is growing. And, uh, you know, God could always slam the brakes on this at any time. I, I, I'm always reminded of the Tower of Babel, these, these maniacs, oh, we're going to build a tower and, you know, uh, all the rest. Well, well, God will determine what and when you will be allowed to do. And if he doesn't want your tower built right now, it's not going to be built right now. So, uh, you know, could God hit the brakes on this tomorrow and, and give us another 100 years or 200 years? Absolutely. Will he? I don't know. Uh, right now, we're going very, very rapidly in this direction. And, uh, you know, we saw how rapidly things change during the last few years with COVID, right? One day, life was totally normal. The next day, you were told that you can't leave your house. Your kids can't go to school. You can't travel. I mean, your whole entire life was turned upside down. We accepted totalitarian policies that never in a million years would people have even dreamed of. And so things can change very rapidly. So at the rate things are going, 
I could imagine that within, I mean, if they succeed in their plans, within a few years, we could be in a, a totalitarian technocratic system where it would be very difficult to buy or sell if you're not participating in this system. Whereby, you know, Klaus Schwab talks about this in his book on the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Uh, he argues that governments might have to mandate some of this stuff because you might be a subversive. He says, you know, there might be national security concerns walking around out there. And uh, so we may have to mandate these brain scans to find out what you're thinking uh, you know, just for, for national security purposes. So they're already talking about this stuff. It could happen very, very suddenly. But uh, I do encourage Christians, you know, we don't want to be ignorant of Satan's devices. We have got to be paying attention to what's happening here so that we are not deceived. And, of course, they try to put this in a, in a nice light. I mean, Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. They're not going to come up to you and say, hey, uh, we serve the devil. How would you like to come to hell with us? Right. Say, Oh, this is going to be great. And poor people are going to be richer and blind people are going to be able to see, you know, all, all these nice appealing things. But, folks, we've got to be wise to this because the technology is here and it's coming at us like a freight train. And that's such a good point. That's such a good point, Alex. Um, and that's why your, your ministry exists. That's why we exist. And we must be truth tellers so that, uh, you know, as the Bible says, that God's people must not perish because of a lack of knowledge. And we have to have this truth. But yet we don't know the timing. This is why um, that presentation that I did in Wisconsin, where we were together, the great pushback is I believe that there is a pushback. There is a, a, a remnant awakening uh, globally. And, and sadly, or maybe it's a good thing, I don't know, but, but um, there's a lot of them that are not even Christians. And yet they see it more than, than many, uh, quote-unquote, spirit-filled Christians do. So I, again, I, that, this disconnect is a major problem, I think, within the church community because so many Christians think it's wonderful. This globalism is wonderful. And oh, COVID was about saving lives. And if they don't see it yet, three and a half, three plus years later, that, you know, what the absolute agenda was of, of this, this fear propaganda, this demonic propaganda, and, and what they've been able to implement. You know, the, the entirety of the Great Reset um, is, I think, part of uh, accelerating. And, and of course, they've announced that we, we did a show a few weeks ago on the United Nations proposal for this seven-year accelerated plan that they just announced that uh, it's like, wow, that could that be the tribulation? That sounds like a lot like the seven-year tribulation, but we don't know the timing. So that's a great point, folks. And we have to continue to occupy and be um, fervent in our uh, seeking of the truth so that the truth will set us free and so that we're not uh, uh, going to be given into this deception. Speaking of our responsibility, I want to move on because while the globalists are doing what they're doing, I think every person should have eyes to see that Satan's agenda has been since all the way back, and I've taught on this, all the way back to Genesis 3.15 when God spoke that there was going to be enmity between the serpent and the woman and the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. Satan has had a 6,000 plus year war on, on women, on the womb, on children, on wanting to destroy life. And so we see this in our day where the government run schools uh, there's no longer, can we say, public schools. These are government-controlled, run indoctrination camps are seeking to indoctrinate and destroy our children. All of this transgender uh, dysphoria, confusion that they're putting in. Um, I, I can't remember if it was your headline or somebody else's headline that was talking about that a lot of the major universities, like Brown University, something like 40%, of uh, the students are identifying now as LGBTQ++. Well, 
no wonder they're being bombarded daily with that. Uh, then we have the, 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 the gender mutilation surgeries. Um, we have uh, brands. Drya, can you bring up that article real quick um, from the Washington stand? Is gender mutilation the new face of brands? Can you bring that up? So here's the article, folks. Is gender mutilation the new face of brands like Costa Express, you see on the screen there, where they have uh, a, a transgender person with their breast amputated and the scars and then the shoes that they have. Uh, the, the, let me get that brand name for the shoes here. Uh, and, and this is Doc Martens. Those are Doc Martens, Costa Coffee. Uh, and this is despite the fact that, uh, you know, Bud Light's uh, and Target's examples of wokeism gone wrong. But you wrote an article recently that not just highlighted what's going on in the schools, but here in conservative Tennessee, um, let's bring that article up dry and then we'll have Alex comment. Tennessee school district training program taught staff that Christians are privileged and oppressors. Christians are privileged and oppressors. Maybe not new. This has been going on for a while. But let's come back to Alex and uh, Alex comment on this article. This is here in Tennessee. What part of Tennessee was this? Yeah, this is one of the uh, school districts. I can't remember the name. It's uh, um, I, I could pull it up pretty easily. But uh, w the reason I wrote this article, because this kind of stuff has been happening for a long time, but what I hear uh, in, in a lot of the conservative states especially is, well, you know, I know that happens in, in Illinois. I know it's going on in New York and California. But, uh, you know, I live in Nebraska. I, I live in South Carolina or Oklahoma. You know, that doesn't affect me. The reality is this is ubiquitous. It's all mm. over the United States. In fact, increasingly, it's all over the world. And so what it was, they, they had had one of these diversity, equity, and inclusion trainings. Uh, I, I call it DIE, diversity, inclusion, and equity. Uh, and, and what they do, they divide, very much like Chairman Mao did and very much like Karl Marx himself did, you divide society up into two warring, conflicting classes. You've got the oppressor class and the oppressed class. Uh, the oppressors, in Marx's view, were the bourgeoisie, he called them, the, the, you know, the people with access to the means of production, capitalists, landowners, etc. And the oppressed, the victims, were the workers, the peasants, etc. Well, uh, communist theorists, after, you know, 100 years after Karl Marx came up with this idiocy, realized, well, hey, actually, he was wrong. Uh, it's not happening. They're not having revolutions and uh, having uh, overthrowing the, the uh, bourgeoisie. So they came up with a new theory. It goes back to Antonio Gramsci. It goes back to the, the Frankfurt School. They said, look, we've we got to come up with something different. You know, to try to tell an American uh, husband in 1955 that uh, he's being oppressed. You know, he's working at a, a Ford manufacturing facility. He's making you know, very, very good money, enough to put his kids through college. He's paid off his mortgage. He's got two new cars in the driveway. He's got a color TV, you know. Uh, he's got all these wonderful goods and services. To tell him he's being oppressed by his employer, uh, it just sounded ludicrous. And so to, to bring this into America, they adapted it to the American context. They said, well, in, in America, it's whites who are the oppressors or, you know, people whose ancestors came from Europe. And uh, then uh, everybody else, uh, they call them BIPOCs now, black, indigenous, and peoples of color. Uh, they're the victims. Then, you know, that came out of critical theory, that was critical race theory, and out of that you also got queer theory, so now they've added in, you know, if you're confused about whether you're a man or a woman or neither or both, uh, then you get to be a victim. If you are a homosexual or a pansexual or a polysexual, you also get to be uh, one of the victims, one of the oppressed. So they're forming this coalition of alleged victims of the heteronormative, patriarchal, uh, Eurocentric, uh, um, hegemonic power. And uh, very much like Chairman Mao did in China, they're trying to raise up 
a big part of the population to destroy the existing system, not in the interest of racial justice or solving climate change or whatever your, your fake issue is, but in the interest of rebuilding from the ashes, or as Joe Biden says, build back better. Uh, you know, a lot of his buddies at the UN like that phrase, so they can build back better a totalitarian society. And so the the primary avenue through which they're injecting this poison into American society is through the minds of our children in the public schools. And teachers, even in Tennessee, are being trained with this monstrous anti-biblical lie. Uh, again, it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. And parents, if you love your kids, you better take this very, very seriously. Wow, seriously, um, this is, uh, and, and having been in Tennessee now for about three years, uh, if people are paying attention, they're very aware of, of Nashville and what happens in the Capitol, particularly with this current Republican governor that we have, that those he surrounded himself, particularly within the education field, are very woke. Um, they are very much for everything you just said, to some extent, and yet many of our legislators this, particularly the conservative ones, uh, are trying to fight that. You're fighting in a different way. I think you and I agree on this, that, uh, and this is why maybe I can't ever run for office, <laughs> because um, uh, I don't know if I could, in, in good earnest, even want to give $1 of our tax dollars to fund the so-called public schools, you know, quote, unquote. Uh, you have a website and a movement uh, that, is, if I remember right, Public School Exit. Is that correct? That's right, brother. Yep. Uh, PublicSchoolExit.com is the website. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as you're saying, we, we, we think that government education is unbiblical. It was a bad idea from the beginning. You know, read your Bible. Uh, find every reference you can to education, to the training of children, to the discipling of children. Never once will you find any delegation of authority to Caesar. It's always the responsibility of parents. And you might, you know, some of the reformers argued that maybe that there's a supplemental role there for the church to support the parents as they're equipping the saints to then disciple their children. But the discipling, the education, the raising, the rearing of your children is your responsibility, mom and dad. And the government is a usurper here. Uh, you know, it's not just the Clarksville Montgomery district in Tennessee that's training the teachers. That's the one I was looking for, uh, training the teachers with the white privilege, Christian privilege nonsense. Um, the whole idea was it, it comes from a poison seed. And so it would be illogical for us to expect it to produce anything other than poison fruit. Right. Uh, you just look at the fruit that is produced. And again, go to your Bible, find out what God says about education. What you'll find is there's a lot in there. And check how that lines up with what passes for government schools today like the difference between night and day. Uh, and then, you know, look at what is happening in the public schools. Uh, Jesus Christ said it very clearly. He's quoted in Matthew and again in Luke. Um, you're either with me or you're against me. There, there's really two options here. And I challenge every Christian, tell me, make an argument for me that the public schools are with Christ. And, and nobody will do this. Absolutely nobody. Not the, the most ridiculous pagan, the most ruthless God-hater, or any Christian that I've ever met will say, yeah, the public schools are with Christ. They'll come up with excuses. Oh, my kids need to be salt and light. You know, just kind of like how we send our 11-year-old kids to Iraq with an M16 when we need, uh, you know, soldiers to go defend us in an actual war. We send our children into a spiritual war unprepared, right? It's absolutely ludicrous. So parents, read your Bible. Look at what's going on in there. They're indoctrinating, they're sexualizing, they're dumbing down your children. Recognize that your duty as a parent, your duty to God, and you're going to give an account to God about this uh, someday. Your duty toward your children is to raise them and discipline them in the fear and the instruction, the admonition of the Lord. And you do that through 
Christian education that is centered in the Word of God, in the truths of Scripture. Uh, and, uh, you know, th there really is only those two options. When Jesus said, you're either with me or against me, he didn't say, or, or you might just be sitting on the sidelines, hanging out, waiting, and, and hanging out in the neutral area to see how this turns out. If your education is not with Christ, it's against Christ. It's that simple. And that is what your children are receiving right now, five days a week for eight hours a day. Man, uh, I, I could not agree more with you on this. And, and um, we, we may be a smaller subset, although I, I pray a growing subset of the body of Christ, because I kept, I, over the years, I've kept wondering, you know, where is the line in the sand for, for moms and dads who are Christians or Christ followers? Like, okay, you know, they taught this, then they, they, then they get to this. Um, when we were back in Washington State, you know, we had Planned Parenthood writing mo most of the sex ed curriculum for the public schools. Now, as I said, pushing, I mean, gender dysphoria in young people has gone through the roof in the last three years because of, of, of all the promotion. And I love what you said about what the Bible says. We got to go back to the Word of God. What is the worldview, the biblical worldview? The only argument I've ever heard for why my, you know, Bobby or Susie is in the public school is that what you just said. Well, they're called to be salt and light. And I think that's a great art point you made. And, and I've said to parents, you're sending them in a place where you're telling them to submit to authority. And yet that authority is questioning your authority. That authority is counteracting your authority as mom or dad in what you're trying to teach them. And then you want there to not be conflict beyond the fact that this is abusive. It's child abuse. And I actually did several sermons on this years ago where I argued the word education is not in the Bible. It's, it's training, instruction, um, it's those type of words that are in the Bible. You don't see government education. In fact, I take that back. The only time that you see um, God's people put under any type of uh, government education was usually when they were under captivity, like in Babylon, when they were put under captivity and the, and the Babylonians were trying to re-educate uh, the Hebrews coming out of Israel, just like we saw with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and, and, and all the young people like Daniel, where they were trying to change them. And they said, no, 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 we're going to follow the, the teachings and the laws of the God of Israel. Uh, we will not be able to submit. So I think this is so true. Here's another headline. We're going to bring this up, and I'll have, um, I'll have Alex comment on it. Let me get to the right report here. This is, again, from the Washington Stand. No, Drya, can you go to the other one about the, the 104? Yeah, right here. Um, bring this up. 143 K-12 schools in the United States have Chinese Communist Party ties. There is a program known as, quote, Confucius Classrooms. Experts say that the CCP effort to infiltrate schools with communist propaganda as part of a con concentrated or concerted effort to subvert the U.S. from inside in order to weaken it, possibly paving the way for a future direct uh, military conf uh, confrontation. Um, have you heard about this, Alex? This, this uh, 143 K-12, uh, a new report, uh, parents defunding education has uncovered in its new report these CCP programs. What the heck? What is going on that now we have, I mean, We've known the sexualized propaganda. We've known the uh, Muslim propaganda in the schools where they're teaching that Islam is better. 
than other religions. But now we have CCP programming. Uh, you want to comment on that? Yeah, and, and this is just a, a logical extension of what has been going on from the very beginning in government education. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been exposing the CCP's uh, influence in our education system for many years now, the Confucius Institutes. Uh, you know, they, they keep rebranding. They keep saying, oh, we're going to get rid of it, and it just comes back. You know, it's like it, the thing that never dies. But um, if you go back and look at the roots of government education in America, and, and this is something that very few people know, but that I think everybody needs to understand. If you look at the people who created the government school system in America, to a man, they were God-haters. They were godless. They were people who rejected the laws and the moralities, the moral precepts that God has revealed to us. Uh, and, you know, I, I typically start with Robert Owen, and, and not a lot of people even know much about Robert Owen today. Uh, he was a communist before Karl Marx came along. This was early 1800s. And uh, he believed that uh, God uh, was silly. We needed to get rid of private property. We needed to get rid of the family. Uh, and he believed so fervently in these stupid, unbiblical ideas. He actually started a commune in Indiana called A New Harmony. And it failed very rapidly. It didn't even take two years before the whole thing came crashing down. Uh, so he concluded the real problem is that these Christian, these children were raised in a Christian society with mom and dad. And so what we need to do, and, and he actually started a secret society, according to a whistleblower, to advance this movement. He said, what we need to do is have the government take over the education of children. Then people will be prepared to live properly in this uh, utopian society with no property and no family. So he sets up this secret society. We know about this because a whistleblower, uh, Orestes Brownson, he eventually became a Catholic and felt really bad about what he had done uh, with this uh, crazy secret society. And uh, he actually says the great object of this man's uh, efforts and his secret society's efforts was to get rid of Christianity. It was the main purpose. And they were doing that by trying to shift public opinion and by trying to get legislators elected who would support government schools. So comes uh, Horace Mann, 1837. He gets himself selected as the first ever secretary of education for any state in the union. We had never had a, a secretary of education or even uh, government schools in, in this sense uh, in any state. Horace Mann also wants to get the Bible out of schools. Uh, in fact, the idea came to him through Robert Owen. Now, we don't know the exact path, but what we do know is that Robert Owen's essays were picked up by the Prussian ambassador, taken back to Prussia, and in his autobiography, he says he so much approved of these ideas that he ordered the interior minister of Prussia to set up this, really the first ever example of education of the state, for the state, by the state. So Horace Mann studies the Prussian model, brings it into Massachusetts, wants to get the Bible out. Obviously, that doesn't fly. You know, the Bible is the primary textbook at that time. The idea of getting the Bible out sounded like nails on a chalkboard to, to people in Massachusetts at that time and to people in the rest of the country. So when he gets done with Massachusetts, total disaster, he travels the country like a, a, a fraudulent evangelist preaching the good news of salvation by government education. Other states start creating government school systems. And then comes John Dewey. Right? And so John Dewey is almost universally recognized today as the founder of what we call today our public school system. Now, he did not look to Prussia for his inspiration. He did take control of this machinery that Horace Mann and his colleagues had laid down. He looked to the Soviet Union instead. He mm. actually went to the Soviet Union. And we know what he thought. Uh, he wrote these absolutely insane essays from the Soviet Union. They were published by the New Republic, just singing the praises of this mass-murdering, monstrous, anti-Christian system. He especially liked their education system. Um, and... Uh, he actually put his religious views down on paper. Uh, you know, he, he was a communist, but he didn't believe in violent Marxist revolution. He believed brainwashing the children would be the best way to do it. Uh, but we know what his religion was. Uh, he was one of the authors, signers, and co-founders of the Humanist Manifesto. Him and 30-something of his buddies, the very first tenet, they tell you right away what they believe. We believe the universe is self-existing and not created. 
Well, compare that with what God said in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created, and you understand right away we're dealing with a false religion from hell that treats man as God, right? Going back to the transhumanism nonsense, ye shall be as gods, right? So John Dewey's position was, you know, we are gods, we will determine for ourselves what's right and wrong. And so the entire system that we call an education system today was built by men who hated God. No no pagan, no atheist would send their kids to a Christian school, and yet the vast majority of Christians in America today send their children to schools created by these people who openly told us they rejected our God, our Creator. Uh, it's truly extraordinary, and yet that's the reality. Wow, wow, what a what a what a backstory. Uh, the, the you know this is why we need knowledge, right? It, it, the more we learn about the backstory, it's kind of like with. The American Medical Association, and, and you learn the Rockefeller backstory to uh, the whole medical field, and same with, with education. I mean, it's unbelievable that this has been in the works for such a long time. This is not something that just got corrupted, you know, five or ten years ago. So, going back to the publicschoolexit.com, this is why we advocate uh, parents and and for grandparents, I guess, as well. Uh, Christian education, Christian schools. I mean, I, I'm begging pastors. I'm like, if you have a building and you don't have a Christian school, please, please start a Christian school. Please get a good curriculum going and start a Christian school, um, even if it's a hybrid. Because uh, here in Knoxville, uh, the Christian school that, uh, that is connected to the church here that we attend is a hybrid. And of course, we have also, we, we, you know, obviously we, we homeschool our kids and we have um, a, a homeschool co-op as well. But we also do have a hybrid. But man, we need to take back. And I love what you said. Render on the Caesar that which is due on the Caesar, but render on the God. We always forget the second half of that verse. What is due on the God? And when did we ever have permission to hand over our children to Caesar to be fully indoctrinated? And not just indoctrinated, but abused and molested and groomed. Uh, I was talking in Wisconsin about a month and a half ago. And after I gave a, a talk, there was a teacher that came up and talked after me, and he was just recently fired by the school district in Wisconsin because he would not affirm gender pronouns. And he used this line that I thought was so powerful. He said, these are no longer teachers. If you go along with the system, you're no longer, you're, you're no longer a teacher. You're now a groomer. Yep. And I thought, oh, wow, that's, that's, that's nailing them. That's hitting it right on the head. Um, Man, thank you for that, Alex. Thank you for that, and thank you for what you're doing to be able to bring that truth and bring the conviction. I do pray that God will convict His people with where we're at and, and so much of our money that is going to fund these uh, indoctrination camps. Um, let's talk about just a little bit. We just have about maybe um, uh, seven, eight minutes. Are you good for about another seven or eight minutes? Sure. Okay. Um, this is, uh, you know, there's so much going on right now in our nation. Of course, uh, uh, today, Trump, another indictment um, that, that, that this one now apparently, if I, if I read it correctly, carries with it the death penalty potentially. Uh, and this is, um, I, I, could, I couldn't figure out if it was related to the fact that he questioned the elections. Is, is that where we're at now? Where if you question the elections, um, we now must uh, fully destroy you uh, we've seen this, of course, in banana republics. We've seen this in communist, socialist, Marxist nations where you destroy your political enemies. But now in America, um, where, where do you see... We are such a divided country. 
Uh, I guess let me bring this headline up, Dry. Can you bring this one up about the downgrading of our credit? Uh, you have that one. Let's bring this up. Experts on U.S. credit downgraded, or experts on U.S. credit downgrade. What took you so long to downgrade the United States? Uh, apparently not everybody was surprised by the bombshell Fitch ratings that dropped on the U.S. credit score this week. Uh, the storm over America's mountains of loans had been brewing for a while, economists say. Washington is no one to blame but itself. Uh, this would not be a shock, some say, as we are close to going to be at $50 trillion in debt in 10 years. Um, just, I guess, I, I've done some shows about the state of our nation, how divided we are. I did a show a number of weeks back that was titled, Are We on the Verge of a National Divorce? But that's really what, what the globalists want, right? I mean, that's really what they want is to, as you already said, conquer, divide, conquer, destroy. I think in your article you said a house divided against itself cannot stand. Do you see America standing? What could you envision in the next three to five years? If we get through 2024 and, and, and actually have an election, yeah, those are all very good questions, brother. And, you know, I think we need to start with the acknowledgement that uh, as much as we may love our country, our country, unfortunately, has become uh, an absolute source of wickedness in the world. Uh, our, our nation is exporting abortion, is exporting sodomy, is exporting pornography. Uh, the biggest consumer uh, in the, on the planet of uh, child trafficking victims. Uh, you know, America, unfortunately, has become, uh, you know, a spiritual Babylon. It, it, it is absolutely wicked. And for anybody to say that God would not be justified in vaporizing us tomorrow uh, is, is to be absolutely ludicrous. Uh, America has now done so much evil. The blood of 65 million unborn babies cries out to heaven for justice. And so, you know, if God gives us another five minutes to stand as a nation, mm. uh, we ought to be grateful for that. Mm. Uh, I do hope that we'll see repentance. I do hope that this can turn around. Uh, the globalists, the deep staters, uh, they do want to start, I believe, a civil war in this country. I believe they're laying the groundwork for that. They want Americans to turn on Americans. They want to divide us. You know, Jesus explained it clearly multiple times. House divided against itself cannot stand. In fact, in, in other uh, passages. He says a house divided against itself will be laid waste. And so they're doing everything possible to divide us. Well, you're black and you're white, which, you know, God never divides people up by color, right? That's, that's a human innovation. Um, you know, you're, you're a man, you're a woman, men are oppressed. Anything they can do to get us at each other's throats. Uh, so will America survive? I don't know. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a very rough road ahead. Uh, certainly America deserves judgment. In fact, I believe uh, judgment is already upon us in many ways. I mean, you look at this. Go, again, I mentioned Romans 1 earlier. Go to Romans 1 and see what happens as a result of suppressing the truth of God. Uh, you know, God hands people over to a reprobate mind, and the very things that are described in Romans 1 are the things that we see now in the streets, not just of our big cities, but increasingly even our little towns, in our public library unbelievably, even in some places that call themselves houses of God, churches are now flying pride flags. Mm. I mean, I, I actually went through the Bible and looked at every time God mentions pride. You don't want to be flying a pride flag. You most especially don't want to be flying a, a, a flag that indicates you're proud of something that God calls an abomination. I mean, it's just compounding the error so, uh, you know, I, I do believe that they're going to try to set up a civil war here. I think they would love to see bloodshed. Uh, they would love to see Americans shooting Americans. But, uh, you know, I, I still hope, maybe it's naive hope, but I hope that uh, Americans, especially Christians, will drop to their knees in repentance and cry out for mercy. 
Uh, whether God gives it to us or not, that's his prerogative. But, uh, you know, we, we just need to do what we're called to do, the Great Commission. We need to be making disciples. And, uh, you know, I, I think as citizens of a nation that supposedly is governed by we the people, we have obligations here. But, uh, you know, the, the upcoming 2024 election, I think, is going to be really rough if we make it that far. I think what we're seeing right now with this brutal persecution of Donald Trump, that's what they eventually plan to do to all of us. So, you know, no, nobody think that you're going to be safe. They'll go after Trump. If they get to get away with this, they'll be trying to come after you next. But, you know, take heart. Uh, Jesus Christ promised us that all those who live godly in Christ Jesus shall be persecuted. And so, you know, we should expect that if we get a, a reprieve, that's that's a nice blessing from God. But ultimately, uh, you know, we are um, we are in for, I think, some very rough times. But ultimately, God's going to use it all for his glory. And we just need to keep that hope in mind. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. Uh, we certainly as a nation, I did a show recently about the rise and fall of empires and America as an empire um, you know, uh, as you know, the average lifespan, about 250 years, and we're coming up on that. And like you said, uh, if we get, uh, I love what you said, if we get, a, you know, a, a few more minutes, we should, we should say praise God. Uh, I, I do think that uh, there is a remnant always, you know, and God preserves that remnant. And I see, obviously, like pockets of awakening, right, pockets that, that there is a stirring, um, but yet there's also a failure of recognition that, and I appreciate you saying it, that we are in judgment. I, I hear Christians say, well, if we don't repent, God's going to judge. No, he has been judging. This, mm -hmm. we, we have been in decades of judgment as we have rejected him and kicked him out of public life and kicked him out of the schools and brought in, removed the Ten Commandments and brought in uh, uh, homosexuality and, and condoned that and then abortion and the murder. And, and now... Uh, uh, boy, we just saw the you know movie Sound of Freedom a couple of weeks ago and broke my heart at the very end when he's talking about America, what you said being the number one, number one in sex trafficking and, and the appetite that we have. So um, we are giving Sodom and Gomorrah a pretty good run for their money. Uh, so we, got, we have to repent. Um, I, I personally, of course, don't see America in Bible prophecy. So therefore, from that perspective, I do think that there is going to be a weakening, a breaking up of some, something. Something's going to happen uh, in these days. But uh, the reprieve, uh, I think, you know, God gave us that reprieve with Trump the first time. And most Christians either went to sleep or they worked against him. You know, yeah. we, we, either, we either had Christians who went to sleep, oh, he'll take care of it. And we stopped praying and we stopped interceding and we stopped fighting. Or it was the never Trumpers, right, in, 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 in the evangelical churches that continue to work against the agenda, backing Democrats and all those things. And so we are, um, we are, boy, we are in those days. We are in the last days. I appreciate what you're saying. Uh, any final thoughts, a anything else that you think that we should be paying attention to? We got about uh, a minute and a half, two minutes. Um, just, and then of course, uh, let people know again about your website, what they can find there. Um, just I want to give you the last couple of minutes. Well, thank you, brother. I so appreciate you having me on, and thank you for your ministry and all that you do to edify God's people and equip the saints. It's just uh, it's tremendous, and I appreciate it very much. Uh, and I, I do want to leave people with some encouragement. You know, we, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. Our Lord, our Savior, our King has already overcome the world. And so, you know, 
we are not like those who have no hope. Um, you know, it, it, we may not have hope in this world. That's okay. Our hope should not be in this world. Our hope needs to be in God, and God ultimately is going to vindicate us. And and in fact, you know, people say God's going to win. Uh, God's not going to win. God is already victorious. Right? The work yeah. is done. Uh, th- there's no battle here. There's there's no you know war that's yet to be decided. God's got this, all right? He is sovereign. He's got it all under control. None of this is a surprise to him. And so take refuge in him. Take refuge in his promises. It's going to be okay. If you are an adopted child of the Most High, you have everything you could ever need. Obviously, none of us deserve it, but you have everything you could ever need, everything you could ever want. Uh, trust in him. Do what you're called to do. That doesn't absolve you of responsibility to do what's right. Do what you have to, but trust in him. He's going to determine the results, not us, and praise him for that. Thank the Lord that it's not all up to us. Uh, so thank you again for having me, brother. If people want to find more, it's at libertysentinel.org. I'm also a senior editor at the New American Magazine. I'm the uh, executive director of Public School Exit. It's a, it's a volunteer position. I don't take a salary, but uh, it's a labor of love. It's a ministry. We just want to help God's people rescue their children from this wicked indoctrination system. And that's all. Uh, re- lots of free resources, publicschoolexit.com. And thank you again for having me, brother. I really appreciate it. Thanks for all you do. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Alex. Uh, we, we want to have you on again. And, and uh, uh, just so, again, so appreciate everything that you're doing to continue to bring truth out and, and, and to educate and to make sure that uh, God's people do not perish because they don't know the truth. Uh, it's so important. So folks, again, check out um, Alex on at the libertysentinel.org. Uh, we're so grateful. Thank you, Alex. And, and uh, I'll definitely uh, be in touch and we'll, we'll have you on again. And, and thank you so much. And thanks again for being patient with our technical uh, challenges tonight. I, I so appreciate that. Absolutely. God bless you, brother. Thank you again. God bless you. God bless you. All right, folks. So we're going to just finish up our show. Just last couple of minutes here. Uh, Please, again, remember, um, visit our website, TILministry.com, TILministry.com. Check out our events calendar. Uh, I'm going to be in Wisconsin and in Minnesota uh, later this month from the 12th to the 17th, five nights. Please check out our events calendar. We've got some stuff coming up here locally in Tennessee. We are also uh, focused on um, uh, bringing other guests. I got some interesting news. Uh, next Tuesday, live on our live show, uh, we are supposed to, Lord willing, if everything goes well, we're supposed to have Pastor Archer Pulaski on with us. Um, he is awaiting arraignment in Canada on these absolutely evil charges against him for eco-terrorism and all the other things that they're charging him with for, for what? Preaching to truckers in Canada. Absolutely ludicrous, absolutely tyrannical abuse. We're excited to have uh, Pastor Archer Pulaski on with us for our Tuesday live show at noon next Tuesday on August 8th. So please uh, uh, stay tuned there. And um, folks, if you want to support our ministry, please go to our website, tillministry.com slash donate, tilministry.com slash donate. One-time donation can be a secured donation there. If you'd like to mail in a check, you can visit our support page there, and here is our address, tilministry.com slash donate. P.O. Box 4523, Maryville, Tennessee, 37802. Please make checks out to Truth and Love or Truth and Love Ministry. We're so grateful for your support, and if you want to join us on a long-term basis, uh, you can join our Gideon Army of 300. This is where we're praying for 300 people to join us in supporting this ministry. Uh, that's on our website as well, Gideon Army of 300, where you can pray and then support on a monthly basis. Any amount 
is a blessing, truly a blessing to us. Uh, thank you for being with us. Again, we apologize about those technical difficulties. You'll go, be able to go back on Rumble and watch this without the delay. We'll, we're going to post edit this and put it on Rumble. So check it out on rumble.com slash Sharam Hadian dot. I'm just, just sorry, <laughs> rumble.com slash Sharam Hadian. Uh, again, thanks for being with us. Have a wonderful weekend. Blessings on you guys. Uh, be awake. Be alert to what's happening, folks. Uh, Alex uh, gave you lots of information tonight. Check out those, those uh, sites. Check out those articles. We must be awake and occupied till the Lord comes. God bless. Have a great, great weekend. We'll see you next Tuesday, Lord willing, with Pastor Arthur Pulaski.